Ladies, pack your whole bag. Who'd you call in a hug? Pour up a drink and start. That's a little kicky. Here it is. Live on sandloud.com. Lock it in. I'll keep it locked right here. It is another episode of Say It Loud, season seven with your favorite podcaster, personality, and voice. Uh, yes, I said your favorite. Me, Karen L. And today in my behind the mic um, hot seat is, uh, I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name right. Is it Deertrice? Yep. Deertrice Bolden. Yep. Um, Deertrice has such a long and beautiful resume. We're going to like tap into all of that good stuff. But um, Deertrice, why don't you introduce yourself? What What would you call yourself? Because I read about you and I was like, oh my God, how does one person do all of these beautiful things? So what what we coined here at Impact, which I'll speak about my, my youth company, is artivism. So I consider myself an artivist, someone who used the arts that. Um, to change the community around myself and the world around me and to impact the people in any way I can to help um, through the arts, through education, through community service whatever I can do, so. That's, that's amazing. I had never heard the word artivism, but art. now that I think about it, there's so many ways in art and media that we can actually use that to make change, especially now with mm -hmm. the climate that we're in. That's um, right. Let's talk a little bit about your youth program. I didn't want to start there, but let's talk about it because I wanted to, I, what is the calling? When, when did you get a calling? When did you know, like, cause you have so much talent. You could have just been selfish. Right. And like, I'm going to do what I want to do and go where I want to go. But you made a conscious decision to, to take what you were doing and share it within your community. And so when did that vision come to you? Well, let me start. Um, I actually came up through impact repertory theater as a kid. I was one of the first members of the company. Um, I'm, I was born and I say half raised because everything I do is in Harlem. Mm -hmm. Um, and as a child, my school was in Harlem. I went to choir Academy of Harlem. I was in the girls choir of Harlem. My church is in Harlem, New Mount Zion Baptist church. Yes. I go to church. I'm still a little ratchet. God's still working on me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everything my, and so I found this, um, youth, um, sisterhood actually, um, through Minnesink townhouse in Harlem called the Phoenix Sorority and through um, Phoenix Sorority and Tapawingo Honor Society, all city mission society organizations back in the day, um, I came across Impact Repertory Theater, which was created for the young people of the community and of Menacing. So um, being in Impact, growing up through Impact, the Impact is where I found my voice. As a young person, I was very shy. Um, the only place I sang was church. And, and then I got into Impact and met all these amazing people who, who are mostly still in my life today. One great thing about Impact is all of the staff members, past and present, came up through the company. Wow. So a lot of us, you know, we come back and we just give back. And Impact has grown since 1997, which is when it started. Um, and so Impact, I do Impact because I want the young people to have some of the same opportunities I had. So let's talk about impact for the parents that are listening, especially for the New York parents who are right in Harlem. Yes. Um, let's talk about what impact actually does in the community and what and how their child could benefit from it. 
Well, Impacts is an arts and leadership training organization. We do concentrate on the arts. Um, all of the material is created or inspired by our young people. So it's our young people in the studios, our young people in the writing sessions, young people doing choreography, drama, whatever it is, it comes from them. It's cultivated by the staff, but it's, it's their voice. Mm-hmm. And what it is is allowing them to say exactly how they feel. It's a safe space. We create a safe space. There are no language barriers. Um, and we allow parents to come in a little bit more now because of the apocalypse, which has happened <laughs> within the past couple of years. And, you know, um, stuff like that. But when I was in the company, it was no parents allowed. Right. That way it gave us free range just to be who we were. Right. So and in the leadership training aspect of it, um, our founding artistic director, who is still our executive artistic director, Jamal Joseph, is a professor at Columbia University. Wow. Uh, he's the past chair of the film department. Also one of my mentors, one of the reasons why a lot of these doors opened for me. Former Black Panther 21, Hey. In prison, so he raised us as Panther Cubs. So right. I am, I'm an honorary Panther Cub. So it's all about grassroots, you know. Um, it's not all peachy keen with you know NYPD and with the government and with politics. And right. we were allowed to say those things, and especially what's going on now, right. allowing the young people to have that outlet instead of being violent because they can right. be, you right. know. And there's still a whole bunch of gun violence and stuff going on now. So we just try to create that outlet and activities and performances, you know, the kids. Um, I'll get into uh, one our biggest achievements to date, which is our Oscar and Grammy nomination for the film August Rush. But um, wow. those, those are the opportunities we were given and I was able to give, you know, other young people. When I was in Impact um, through Jamal Joseph, I got to meet wonderful people like Reggie Bythewood um, and Gina Bythewood and Ruby D wow. and Gabby Belafonte. So like classic names. Yes. Classic which is, people. And these are the people that we want our young people to continue to know. And you know, we go back. Um, I remember it's a story when I was in the company. They was like, what young person knows a piece of artwork by Ramirez? I didn't even know who that was. Yeah. But I've seen his artwork, you know. So we want to expose our young people. It's just not about the hood. It it is about protecting your community, though. So it's about community service. Our young people are um, 20 hours of community service a month. That is part of what you have to give to Impact because Impact is a free program. We don't ask for money, none of that stuff. You come in, you give with your talents and your time and willing to try new things. So, and then we, um, sometimes, you know, there's a stipend involved, of course, for the young people, mm-hmm. their uniform is free. And we just, you know, through some of the good politicians in the city, uh, <laughs> who yeah. cultivate the arts and the STEAM programs in the school and art a catalyst for change. Um, we get funding to continue the program. It's still a struggle. Again, yeah. especially since the apocalypse. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> money I was going to ask, how does, how's funding like at these times right now, are, are it's we- hard. It's it's yeah. very hard. You know, grant writing was never my forte. I'm getting the hang of it now. Yeah. Um, but grant writing and just getting those donations in by people who just want to support the young people. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that that yeah. means a lot. That means a lot. Yeah, and getting in front of the right people that give right. the money. You right. Know? And then the organ and and being an organization, they want to give their money to. Money to. 
right? Because right. we don't right. talk about that enough to either. It's like they get to choose where they put their money. That's right. You have to make sure that you have a program that they'd want to give their money to. Right. So, you know, like I said, as we do focus on the arts, it's also about education. Mm-hmm. And so we push, I say we positively brainwash our kids. Positive brainwashing. It's not, um, are you going to school? It's where are you going to school? And what do right. we have to, do to get you there? So yeah. through another Impact alumni, her name is um, Jordan Isler. She created a program going on 10 years now, Impact Rep College Prep. And so now we can bring the parents in. We can go through FAFSA, create college tours, get you in front of the right people, um, get you tutoring if need be. She's been amazing with that. And we've had some great graduates out of Howard and St. John's and, you know, our historically black colleges. SUNY and CUNY schools right here in the city because it's it's just about education. And some don't, you know, college is just not for them. So we find programs or jobs that can help them live. You know, it's it's not cheap, especially in New York. Right. Yeah. I think it's really important also for other kids to see other kids going to college. Yes. Right. And how important that is. Because I know growing up in New York City, I didn't really know. I didn't know anyone that went away to college. Mm -hmm. I know like the next door neighbor went up the block to the college. But I didn't know anyone that had the opportunity to go away. And so I really think, and then now as an educator, I hear kids say things to me like, well, I'm not going to college. And I'm like, well, why not? And they're like, well, my mom just can't afford it. And I'm right. like, do you know how much it costs? And they're like, no. And it's like, so how you know your mom can't afford it? Can't afford why it. are you telling me? Because you're not going to do something right. that you possibly could do. And you don't even know enough about it to, to make a decision. Yeah. And you know, because of the mentality of the world there, our kids are lazy. We yeah. we didn't have all this growing up, the social media and all the rest of that stuff. They, they've become very catered to. Yeah. And they don't want to go out and look for scholarships and right. all the stuff that can really help. So they just try to give up. So that's why we're there. That's why you're there. Yeah. Yeah. In certain communities, you feel defeated. And if your parents don't know, right. you know, and they don't, they didn't go. Like I, my parents didn't go to college. So if, if they don't know, it be just becomes a cycle of kind of like not knowing that information. Although yeah. in this day and age, I don't give any excuses anymore. Right. Because if you got a phone in your hand and you got the internet in your pocket and you could look up your sneakers and you could look up cars and you could look up videos on whatever you want to know, then you can figure out. Right. (laughs) Figure out how to get that application done, where to send it. You know, the same way you could stalk someone, you can you can do what you need to do. And I think that's the I think the education part is also empowering them to be like, you have all these things at your fingertips. Right. What are you going to do? That's right. Again, that's the that's the positive brainwashing aspect yeah. of it all. I love that. I love the vocabulary that you use because I think that that's also very empowering mm-hmm. in letting stu- letting children know like what school do you go to, where would you like to attend, versus you know where are you not, or why are you not there, and what and te- speaking in with negative connotations and negative right. tones. Um, what kind of um, media projects or what kind of projects are they doing when they are in the theater? Like, what does that look like for them? Well, for example, when we were doing, um, when it's voting time, um, the young people we have, you know, Instagram and TikTok, which is mm-hmm. the big thing. So we did um, a, a piece called Casting the Vote. 
and it, it, they went back into history and Fannie Lou Hamer and all these rich people in history and how it came about for us to vote and the importance of us voting. Right. So we went right out in St. Nicholas Park. You know, mm -hmm. we put up, we advertised for a while, put up signs and everything and social distance, but we were out there with bullhorns signing people up to vote. We did a show, the kids performed and everything. Just, you know, gathering a crowd and we do that around the city or whatever and try to just, you know, to encourage people to vote. So we do that with a couple of things when we were during COVID, I'll stop calling it the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> you know, the food fees because food got expensive and all that stuff. So the kids came to me, of course, how can we help? You know, we know we can't be out or whatever. So we quarantined the kids and they would help pull the food into the office. You know, we partnered with the Greater Harlem Chamber of Commerce and West Harlem um, group assistance and we got pantry started. So the kids through social wow. media, they get parents and, you know, don't be ashamed. We all need this stuff. Come out and right. you know, the staff, we actually gave out the food, but they would help and gather the food and get the word out. So that's how they use their, their social media. Wow, that's beautiful that they can be so empowered to do that and so kind. Right. And, and Not everybody's coming. my heart because they do, they do come to me. They come to me when they're mad too now. Yeah. But they did come to me when they saw the need. Um, during COVID, we had a town hall when we invited just youth from New York City join this town hall on Zoom. And mm -hmm. we thought it was going to be about, you know, an hour, two hours. It lasted five hours. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. And parents crying, the kids crying and pouring out, talking about the struggle. You know, some some of them were just the, the kids by themselves because we have to realize when they go to school, that's some of their brain break from whatever's going on at home. So right. now that it's quarantined in the house with the people that you're trying to actually get away from. Right. It's, it's causing more damage. And then the learning online, a lot of our young people, their grades went down, which is feeding yeah. to them. And, you know, especially the ones who are really trying to do what they want to, you know, need to do so they can go to college and all the stuff that we were brain positively brainwashing into them, you know, right. so they were, they felt defeated. And, yeah. through, you know, we have to understand through COVID, we have a lot of young people walking around with PTSD. Yeah. And they don't even know. Yeah. You know, they're just angry. They don't know. They're trying to get out of it. They get into these mood swings, you know, so that's when the counseling comes, you yeah. know, it's given. We have um, through First Corinthian Baptist Church, there's the Hope Center and they have um, counseling and psychiatrists that young people, adults, anybody can go to. But that's just another outlet that partners with Impact and New Heritage and the Chamber. Just, you know, keep a peace of mind for the young kids. So that's amazing. It's almost like you can go there and kind of like fill your soul, right? That's that's the that's the what it sounds like. It sounds it like you're sending your kids and it's like, oh, we could eat. I could come up with some new ideas and meet new friends. And there's people here for me to talk to. And right. when I walk away, you know, it doesn't feel like school. It feels like I fed my soul. Like and that was Jamal Joseph, who's our artistic director. He said he never wanted Impact to feel like the sixth day of school. Yeah. But the first day of Impact. Right. So that is one thing we try to, to keep going, even though we have implanted this education aspect in a very hard and leadership training, because we want our young people to be able to speak out for themselves, you know, right. and say what they want to say. But, you know, we don't want it to be like school and these sessions and stuff like that. No. That's that's amazing.
Um, how many, how many, how many kids do you have in the program? Well, right now our numbers are kind of really light because of everything going on. So we have like 30 to 35 young people in the company. Before that, on a Saturday, I can see 45 to 60 young people um, each and every Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, impact is every Saturday from about 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, during regular impact time, you know, now we just have sessions. We don't have a regular schedule. But before COVID, we were meeting at Prentice Hall of Columbia University and um, the Kennedy Center, which is right on 135th Street. You know, we have other partners with community rooms and our own impact space, which is what I'm in now. Mm -hmm. um, but um, this is more of an office space. So when we need, you know, big rooms and stuff like that, Columbia and their arts program, which has been very gracious to us. Um, would give us their space and the kids would meet and they'll have their training. We feed them every week. You know, they get wow. a meal, you know, you, we black, we like to eat. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> makes everybody happy. It makes everybody happy. You know? Everybody happy when we eat. That's right. So, and that's when they get their creative juices flowing and through the leadership training classes that we do on current events or whatever's going on, we create artistic pieces whether it's spoken word or song or dramatic piece, whatever it is. What has been um, the biggest turn for, for pieces that you realize with our teenagers? Like, what are they most interested in? I would be curious. Politics. Huh? Politics, Politics and NYPD. Yeah, and how do they display that though? Is it the spoken word? Is oh, it no. theater? Is it photography? It's, is it painting? It's, it's all of that. It's all yeah. of that together, which makes us uh, the, the core of the repertory company. So we have a, a music piece and it's um, actually rap hip hop based on hip hop. It's called politics. Mm -hmm. And the kids are really just naming out everything that they see wrong. Right. You know, um, we have, uh, we did a show on off Broadway at the Snapple theater about, I want to say eight years ago called peace warriors. And it was about how, you know, gang violence and the kids and how the police, you yeah. know, straight that and stuff like that. Again, Jamal yeah. being part of the Panther 21, always COINTELPRO. We hate gossip, you know, how everybody who says they're good is not, right. you know? And so that gives the kids the freedom to say so. So it can be through song, through spoken word. We have a piece called Frankenstein about how Everyone always wants to put the blame on the young person, but never wants to take the responsibility of their anger. Right. So Frank and Frankenstein made a monster. Look what you made me. Right. You know, just because of you don't want to teach me or right. you don't want to be patient with me or you're right. yelling at me because I'm trying to be who I want to be. That's how they express themselves. And yeah. that's wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. Because there's some hot topics out there. And yes. And you know, especially right now. Mm-hmm. Memphis. That's mm -hmm. all. That's all. Mm -hmm. I did. I know we're gonna have some sessions. You know, Thursdays our usual session day. We're not in session today, but we're gonna have some things come out of our young people mm -hmm. all about what's going on. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and you know, when it happened thirty years ago, twenty years ago, ten years ago, we didn't have so much access, right? Like we have now. So there would be people in other places that couldn't get this information and just didn't know. So we can't be loud. We can't, we couldn't vent. We couldn't understand. We couldn't right. see it. We couldn't visualize even if we read it somewhere. Right. right. And now today 
these same young people have all this access right, right? and and all this information coming in and, and visualizing it, right? And hearing it, right? And all of this sensory going on. And sometimes we don't give them an opportunity to say anything. That's right. And that's what makes them angry, you know? And, and that's when they start acting out and lashing out and not wanting to go to school and be the best them they can be, you right. know? Because we're just not giving them that opportunity, which isn't fair, which is, again, the reason why we do what we do, because, you know, working in nonprofit, there's no money here. <laughs> Oh, you know, that's why we do all the grant writing, but just to see what happens, you know, um, one of my, I call her my little sister now. Um, she was one of my students in Impact. I sang her down the aisle at her wedding and got to watch her walk across the stage when she graduated. Now she's going for her PhD, you know, yeah. th that's my motivation right there. Yeah, you got to take all that in because that's part of your work too. Yeah. Well, let's talk about you. <laughs> Because yes, I know, you know, you're, you're, you love all the young people yes, and yes, you yes, do all of these wonderful things for your community, which I absolutely love and will show up for one day. Just let me know. Yes. But I want to talk about how you found your way here after, you know, I want to talk about how you got here and well, your wonderful career and all of the work that you have done and use their, your beautiful voice and all of these amazing things that, you know, because a lot of times someone tells you what to do, like you work in theater and someone's telling you and you're like, why didn't you do that? But you actually did it. Well, I, I was afforded and a lot of this came through impact. I okay. can never take that away. Um, through Jamal, who I've spoken about through our executive producer and founder, Voza Rivers. Um, Voza is the reason why Serafina came to the U S oh my God. I remember and, that. My yeah. mom wanted to go see it so bad. So it's because of Voza and all those wonderful actors who ended up in a different world and on the Cosby show. Right. It's because of him and the coalition of African theater and American theater, um, his, his him partnering and stuff like that. So I, I got a lot of these opportunities through Impact. I'm going away to school mm -hmm. to become an attorney. Really? To law school to go into entertainment law. Okay. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I used to watch Murder, She Wrote. I was a little old lady. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. And she used to write on the paper, right? That's it. So I, I watched Columbo and stuff like that. <laughs> I remember that too with the big <laughs> long coat and hat. Right. Yeah, my grandma used to have And I started that journey at Delaware State University, you know, and it just didn't turn out that way. Yeah. Um, I ended up back home, not graduating from Dell State because unfortunately my granny passed uh -huh. and I didn't want to leave my mom here in the city. So I continued my education here in the city at Berkeley and at St. John's University. And um, I interned at um, a law firm and I hated it. <laughs> Look at that. And, then, and as I was doing all that, I came back and I started volunteering at Impact, just becoming a, a big sister you know, coming back to perform with the alumni and stuff like that. And it just, everything just started building up at impact. Uh -huh. So then I got a title. I was like, oh, I'm the production coordinator. Check me hey. out. You know? <laughs> and at impact, and I was more excited about impact than I was about my job. Right. And then I ended up working at a place with young people. And I'm not going to say the name because I didn't particularly <laughs> care for it. And that's yeah. And it wasn't the young people, you know, it's the politics of the job. So um, 
And that's when we got the great opportunity to be in a film called August Rush. Yes. So through Jamal, he has friends, you know, higher ups. He's an amazing director. Check him out. He's um he's one of the reasons why I, uh, I have my assistant director credits and AD credits on film and yeah. credits, you know, through Voza. Um, we got, he he brought us, this, this man wanted a choir, a youth choir Harlem. Mm-hmm. To sing. Um, sometimes I feel like a motherless child. If you've seen the the film August Rush, is about a little boy who is running around looking for his parents through music. It's right. a movie. So he came and he seen us. We were actually doing a video shoot for a song for the second Tupac tribute album. Jamal is was actually Tupac's godfather. Wow. And Anna Faini, a Faini Shakur was right. in my life through all of that and through the life of impact everyone at impact she has touched everybody's life we miss her dearly so we were doing um when your hero falls from grace which is on the rose that grew from concrete too mm-hmm. that video so he came he seen impact he loved it so he brought us down to the office and it was jamal our music director charles mack at the time and he was like so this is the type of song we were like no we don't first of all we don't like singing people other people's stuff <laughs> Let's play around with some stuff. And through the, all of that came out um, a song called Raise It Up. And we performed the song in the film and it got nominated for not just an Academy Award, but a Grammy. Woo! Yes. That's big. And that that was, was amazing. And that's what got me away from that job. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. Right. So, um, you know, we got, you know, some funding in and I kindly put in my resignation letter and we were able to take 30 young people to perform at the Oscars in 2008 on the stage of the Kodak Theater. And I know how much it affected my life. Right. I know their lives were affected, you know. Yeah. And it was just an amazing opportunity. Um, We hugged Jennifer Hudson behind stage. I will never forget the moment. Yeah. Can you imagine that though? Like you watch that on TV. And you get to be there and stand there and take that in the video on your into your life. Like nobody could take that away from you. Oh, no, not at all. And we tell a story all the time, you know, and um that that was the turning point for impact. You know, of course things have declined since then or whatever, since it we hold that near and dear to our hearts. We actually just did a remake of the video for the song to and put it out, you know just because we wanted to celebrate that accomplishment. We celebrate the accomplishments of the young people. And, you know, the young people, these young people now are still singing the song, you know, still ask about, they're proud about it because we don't say that there were individual writers on the song. Impact wrote the song. Right. When you're an impact, you take the credit for what impact has done. So that's part of the pride that we try to, you know, we put in our young people. So they know they have something that they can brag about. Everybody likes to brag. Especially. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I just think that's amazing also just to be able to have so many people, you know, like rooting for you and in your corner and being able to put something like that together on that level. That's not an easy task. No, not at all. Right? Not There's a lot all. of people right now making music. They're not getting all the way to a Grammy. 
No, no, it's a lot. It's a lot. So to be able to put that together, you know, and and make something of it and get there and then give those children that wonderful experience. Yes, they got up. They had to get into wardrobe and makeup in the morning. Listen, I had to get into wardrobe. I felt like I was the, you know. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, know my hair done. I mean, my makeup. Yes, they got their hair done. You gotta fly morning. over there. Just going to the airport is a thing. You know That's what I mean? Right. Because they had, we had a limo bus for the young people when we yes. got to LA. I was living my best life. So yeah, I, know. I, could, I could get used to that. I could get used to that. <laughs> so it was, it was great. It was a great opportunity. And Again, um, Jamal introduced me to another wonderful actor, director, writer by the name of Daniel Beatty. Mm -hmm. And that's when I did my first off-Broadway show. He did a show called Tearing Down the Walls. And it was produced through our theater company, New Heritage Theater Company, which is the oldest African-American theater company in America. Wow. And um, we, uh, we did it at Riverside Theater. And um, I was there to help write music and to do auditions. And Jamal was like, you know, you should read for the part. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I seen what the what the my my the challenge was. It was great actresses in there. You know, I've never I've done off off Broadway. One of my guy moms is Ella Mitchell. She was even leaning the whiz on, you know, she's amazing wait, this wait, still. wait. Does she live in Midtown? Yes. I know her. Yes, Ella Mitchell. Because I, I know her son, who's a tap dancer, correct? Yes, boom. Oh, I know. Okay, whoa. whoa. I used to go to her house with Boom because uh, he went to school with my one of my best friends. And I am actually the godmother to one of his kids. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, to his oldest son. Um, and yeah, yeah. And, and, he's, and I, we talk all the time because we're all from um, Hell's Kitchen. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And I used to go to her house and she'd be singing in there. All the time. She would be sitting in that chair and she yeah. would just be humming and singing and it I I will never like forget. Oh my gosh, I have to call her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, yeah. All the time with and so with Boom, he had friends in a, another organization that impact is connected to City Kids. Right. With I know Donald that. and sure. I, I had students that were in City Kids. Okay. But I growing up was in that area because I was in Hell's Kitchen in the 52nd Street Project. Oh. So I'm a 52nd right Street Project kid. So that's where my theater background came from. Got you. Yeah. So, so and then occasionally we would do some theater in Harlem, usually around Kwanzaa. That's all I remember because I was little. And we would go uptown and we would do the kind of like theater there. And I'm pretty sure if I see the dancer guy, I could tell you who he was with the long coat and the mustache. And, um, <laughs> you know, and he always had the wooden, you know, cane. Um, and we would do the show there and then go back down to Midtown. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, small world. Yeah, it's a small world. But it's also so nice to see so many people with so much talent now do so many amazing things. Yeah. You know, because I follow Booms out in um, L.A., but I follow him still. And I, I look at his work and I remember what he did as a kid. And then I look at, you know, his mom. And then I look at so many people. And I'm like, these programs, this goes back to what you're yeah. doing, these programs are so influential in the community because I wouldn't be 
sitting here right now doing this with you had I not had an opportunity to be on the stage when I was six and seven years old. Exactly. Same. I wouldn't even know that it was available to me. To me. I wouldn't be able to write this way. I wouldn't be able to speak this way. I'm telling you. Yes, right. Um, if I did not have that, and I mean, I was baby. I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old doing that stuff. But it was so. My my mother will tell you now that her, all of her children are really good writers, and the reason we are was because we were in theater and because we had opportunities to write and express and be creative and artist. And it's it's really instrumental to children. So the work that you're doing is just, especially too, schools now are not offering these programs. No, they're not. Talk and about that too. Yes. So, and it, it was a free program just to go into that called Autocatalyst for Change. It was offered to um, inner city schools paid for by um, local politicians, which is very rare. Right. And you know, some of the schools had the nerve to not want it. Yeah. They were literally paying for our impact staff to go in and help on after school programming or even during the day programming, depending right. on the schedule. And a lot of them, they just didn't want it. I'm not going to name schools, but I, I don't understand that. I don't right. understand that. And I know everybody's into sports. Yes, we want sports. But some kids like to dance. Some kids want to write. And write and dance. sing and right. play guitars and exactly. drums and buckets and all kinds of There's artists. no bands in Harlem anymore, you know. We used yeah. to have at least a bugle call or that's Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, bands, step teams, step teams, all of those things, right, are really, really important, not just to the culture, but to the kids. To the kids. Right? And, and it also attaches them in some ways to culture because things are happening around them. You know what I mean? And how am I anyhow a part of this? And then when we talk about, well, not every kid is going to go to college, that's fine. That's great. But if this kid can play the piano like this, hello, then let them do that. Do that. Let them do, let that. do that. I would not have an appreciation and love for jazz had it not been for impact. I didn't. Yeah. I, I'm. My mom, she's, she also sang and, you know, I lived, I kind of followed in her first steps with the singing side, not that yeah. theater. Um, but I didn't know anything about jazz. We listened to Patti LaBelle, Shaggy yeah. Prime, you know, soul music. And then it was right. straight gospel, Mahalia Jackson and yeah. Aaron Anderson and James Cleveland, you know, those were my worlds. Right. No idea about jazz. And then I came to Impact and met this wonderful little white lady. <laughs> who called herself through the years my white mother, Lainey Cook. Yeah. And she is it was an amazing jazz singer. Unfortunately, she passed last year. Amazing jazz singer. And she would come to Impact and she would teach us. And that's when I started falling in love with Sarah Vaughn. Yeah. And then, you know, um Ella Fitzgerald. And then I yeah. then I went to the girls' choir of Harlem and really got into it. You yeah. know, the girls' choir of Harlem Choir Academy, that really brightened up my, right. my um the perspective had changed then right yeah 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 of course so if i didn't have that opportunity before i wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. care about that what is that yeah you know, so we have to open the door up because you don't know what a young person is going to fall in love with mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. gotta give an opportunity yeah and it's embedded in them i really do wish more schools um, looked at the arts and allowed budget for the arts and allowed, you know, kids to kind of 
figure out who they are and dabble in that as much as we kind of push them into the things that we want them to do, mm-hmm. you know, and give them more options. So again, the, the program that you have allows them to do that and makes it accessible um, to them every day, you know, every Saturday, a couple days a week. And so I really think that that's important. Um, what advice would you give another artist or another person in your position that wants to either start a program or has a child that's like, I don't know if this is what I want to do, you know? Well, as for an artist, I would say be true to whatever artist you are. Live through your art. Make change through your art. Let your art have meaning. Don't just do it to be famous. Right. That's that's not it. You know, we have this whole Instagram famous stuff now and the TikToks and and stuff like that. Use it to make change. You know, um, spend time with like-minded people who pour into you and that you can pour into so that you can create a culture and then build upon that culture and get more people and let it spread like a positive virus. You know, that's how you should use your art. I'm not saying your music should not be popular. You know, that hip hop, you know, is the, as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of hip hop this year. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And you know, I'm through Harlem week in the Greater Harlem Chamber of Commerce. I'll be active with that. Um, one of, um, excuse me, Harlem week's biggest supporters is Dougie Fresh. Right. You know, got his start in Harlem, KRS-One, all that stuff. So I'm not saying your music, your art can't be popular, your painting can't be popular, your dancing can't be popular, but let it have meaning. Right. You know, let it be defined by something. And okay. popularity. And, and have purpose. Have purpose. Yes. Yeah, have purpose. You need to have a purpose. Um, because I, you know, I don't know. I just think, I think that when you have a platform and a voice, even if you don't have a platform and a voice, I think we should all be advocates of change. Yes. Right. I think we should be all be advocates of joy. I say this all the time, you know? So if you're doing anything with a malicious heart, then don't do it. You know, don't do it to yourself and don't do it to anybody else. Cause we don't want that. We don't want that. Right. Um, and people are watching. The children are watching. The children are watching. <laughs> the children are watching. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I ask this question all the time because sometimes we are not all motivated mm-hmm. to do, I don't know, I've, I've had days in my life I wasn't motivated to do anything. Um, so what keeps you motivated in both in the work that you do here with the kids, but also in your personal life, in your career, like what are the things that keep you motivated most? I, I think about the people whose shoulders I stand on, basically. Um, and my mom, uh, single mother, yeah. you know, she she's strong, and that's that's who I had to look at. You know, my mom, mom, who was another mom, Juanita, yeah. um, who worked her way through graduate school to become an electronic engineer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I see her push. You know, going all the way back to my grandmother. You know, just raising not just her children, but adopting other children, which is where my love for kids come from. Yeah. And then the people who poured into me, I want to make them proud. Yeah. You know, I really, I want to make Jamal proud, Vosa proud, um, Lainey, Ruby D, who came to see me in my first off Broadway. Yeah. Down the walls, you know, Harry Balafonte, who is our honorary chair of impact 
Really? Oh my yeah. God. I saw him like two years ago at Lincoln Center and I was like chasing him like a crazy person. Oh no. <laughs> um, and because I was like, yeah, dad. laugh with you. Because- like, yeah, dad. Because my dad like loved, I know who he is because my dad like loves him. And I watched that Carmen movie till I was oh, like right. blue oh. in the face. And then when they came out with the hip hop remix, I was like, uh-uh, 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 no, 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 that's not how it went. <laughs> because the original one, um, you know, and then my parents also being Caribbean parents yeah. have that tied to the lineage and the work that he's done. So yeah, that's amazing. And, and he actually, he came um, yeah. when we met him and just sat with the kids yeah. and told stories about, you know, the protest and using art for a purpose and going down to Memphis to march. How cool is that though? That's like talking to somebody when I, when I, what I know of him, that's like talking, literally talking to like someone from history. Yes. But they're here. Like you don't have to read the book. You don't have to watch the videos. You don't have to assume what it was like. He is literally a part of our, our culture and our history. And you get to have him right there in front of you first and he didn't just come one time he came and he hung out with the kids as much as he could before you know age to go when he got ill and even now we perform for his birthday every year um his daughter always gives a big concert of some sort so even um when he did his his concert in atlanta georgia um we we performed there he bought bob marley's catalog and he wanted to change some of his music into music for protests and stuff. So Impact had the opportunity to be a part of that as well. So he got a Marley songs. I was like, dad, he was on this way before we was on this. That's right. Way like if you listen to the word, granted his, obvious, my favorite Bob Marley song is a love song, but that's a whole nother story. But if you listen to the song where he's like, you know, every time I plant a seed, they want to shoot it, they want to cut it before it grows. It's like, Wow, like you was preaching to us before right. we even were conscious enough to understand what understand you were saying. That's right. I shot, sheriff. I shot the sheriff, stir yeah. it up. You have to listen to the lyric. It It is. You know, yeah. we in here, you know, you in here and you vibing and it's just like, wait a minute, I have to sit down. I have to mm-hmm. listen to the words that this man is actually saying. Say, yeah. Because it's applicable right now, like today. Right now. February right 2nd, and, and that's, <laughs> that's the, and that's he it back in 1975. Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's the bad and good thing about it that those things are still going on. Yeah. You know, we have the the motivation in the music from back in the day, but why do we still need that motivation in the music from right. back in the day? But know? it's also a testament to a time capsule. Yeah. Right? And so whatever we leave will be the time capsule Right. And the soundtrack that the next generation of children will listen to. That's right. So our purpose in that needs to be just as important, too. Right. That's right. When you think about it that way, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. whatever we leave here, that's what they're going to listen to. That's what they're going to listen to. That's what they're going to listen to. And that's what they um, who are some of the people you've been most influenced by? Besides family, because uh, uh, a lot yeah. of family, um, my godfather, who's also my pastor, uh, yeah. Reverend Dr. Carla Washington, he influences my life daily. Um, even through all of my crazy and ratchetness, he still comes. <laughs> so we we praise God for him. Yeah. Uh, um, um, so my family, uh, 
the, the young people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have amazing, strong women in my life. Irene Gandhi, um, another blessing from Voza. She is the only African-American publicist on Broadway, the mm-hmm. oldest African-American female publicist on Broadway. And um, she she influences me daily. Um, Donna Walker-Kuhn, who is an attorney and activist. And um, I just to, they, they, they influence me. Ella Mitchell, um, yeah. she has been a big influence. She put me on a stage for the very first time. I don't even know how old I was wow. or what I was doing. I just remember holding up a sign and then she's making me sing. Not, not yeah. I didn't have a choice when it yeah. came to her, you know? So, um, I'm looking around my around my office because most. I just I I, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm like, do you ever feel like your voice is just a gift? Oh, I know it's a gift, and I know it's a gift that if I don't use it properly, it can be taken away. Yeah. So um, I I just make sure that I stay focused on what I'm doing, trying not to get wrapped up because it's hard and it's it's a struggle. Cause it's happened, you know. I've gotten wrapped up in it before, you know. Yeah. Life is, is not nobody's crystal stair, right? You know, um, but there's but balance. We 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 have balance, you know, right. and then there's always those great opportunities while you're doing what you're supposed to do. Something big happens, like this photo behind me, Harlem Week four years ago. Impact those are my young people. That's Janet Jackson in the middle. Oh, wow. They performed with her at Harlem Week. I was like, is that? Is uh-huh. that cool? <laughs> so, those okay. are my babies and Janet. They performed at Harlem Week, which I now sit on the board of directors for. I was not on the board at the time. That was another blessing that opened up in my life. Um, Harlem Week, you know, it's a big New York festival that happens every year. Yeah. So um, this is my, my fourth year. My fifth year. Wow. This is my fifth year. And next year will be the 50th anniversary of Harlem Week that started out as a day celebration and now has grown. It's a whole week. It's a whole week. Well, it used to be a whole month. That was the longest week ever. <laughs> but since COVID, we yeah. we brought it back down. So, you know, those th- that's my inspiration, seeing um, the young people succeed, um, making my mother smile. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I love it. Looking at my students graduate from college and graduate school. Yeah. And I don't look like an old lady yet. So <laughs> no, not at all. I'm going to let you go, but I have just um, one more question. You have such a beautiful resume. And for anyone who wants to go check out Deatrice, you can um, go to her website. She'll give you her, all her information in a minute. But you have such an extensive resume you've done all of these wonderful things in your own career singing on broadway um you know you've been to the grammys you support young people you are harlem week we love harlem um what what do you want to do next like the the ceiling is glass and you obviously can break it what do you want to do next well actually i just want to continue to grow where i am though i'm I'm not saying i want to my dream is not to become world famous right you know my my dream is to become the executive director of something that's making change right here yeah and not necessarily just in harlem but you know the in, in yeah, yeah boots on the ground right grassroots yeah. but yes i do i do want to elevate continue to elevate yeah I, I i do see i see a phd one day hopefully yeah. you know um 
but yeah, just to continue to influence. That's amazing. That's amazing goal. The PhD is big too. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. And you know, I used to argue with my, I call her my 20, my best friend all the time. Cause she was going for her PhD. I said, go to school for both of us. Cause it's never going to happen. Yeah. It's never going to happen. And yeah. never say never. I know. Now. I keep saying, I'm not going to go back. And then I got into teacher's college recently and I was like, hmm. I just, that might look good, <laughs> you know? And then I'm like, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But then, you know, I, like you, want to set example, mm -hmm. right? In the classroom for my kids, obviously, I want them to see teachers that look like me. In yes. Buildings, in yes. And wearing my hat and saying that there are teachers that look like me, that listen to the music I listen to, that right. walk the street I walk, that right. grew up in the situations that I grew up, that are teaching me now. And so, um, you know, I have to be that person. And then also my own children. Because mm -hmm. I always said when I had kids, I don't want to tell my kids what to do and not do it. Right. Right. So you know, <laughs> right. I, was, I was busting my butt to get that master's degree. You my know, and a lot of parents are not like that. She was right behind me. I was like, no, uh -huh. I'm do it. Um, But I think that's also impactful because, you know, you're, you're setting your own standard for yourself. But, you know, people are watching. And the people that love right, you. Right. And it's and not for everybody. And I respect it's not. Oh, and it's hard. I never, and I tell my young people that all the time. There are times when I want to rip my hair out. You know, yes, I sit on these boards now and advisory councils now, but it took a lot of hard work to get there. Yeah. It takes even more work to stay there right. and more work than that to grow. Right. You know, and, and it takes a lot of focus, a lot of meditation. Mine's is Jesus. And, you yeah. know, it takes yeah. a lot of prayer and faith and faith in yourself. Right. And there are times when you're going to want to beat up on yourself and you can't. And that's why you build community around you so someone can pour into you when you're empty. I yeah. love that. I love that, dear Tris. I'm so grateful that you spent this time and energy with me. I'm definitely <laughs> going to reflect on what you just said about building a strong community around you. Because what you just said is what you've actually been able to do. Try. And, I, and, and you know, that's what I want my young people to do. And, you know, pour into yourself. Learn how to pour into your self-care. Yeah. Self and be the person that you want to be. And then, you know, build what you want around you. And be around the people that are pouring into you. And I think that is such a big deal when we sit here and we talk about our accolades. We don't mm -hmm. really talk about the people that hold us up. Right. Right? In those weakest moments. Because we all had that day where we thought about quitting. That's right. You know, that's right. and that's the day that you need those people. Those people. And, you know? and one of mine was, and our Christine, um, I would just leave my house. My mother knew exactly where I was, you know, right. having people like that in your life is a blessing. So I, yeah. I, I tell my young people that all the time. Don't always push the adults away. Right. You know, they're crazy. We crazy. I know that. Yes. But some of us actually love you through that craziness. Right. You know. Right. Oh my God, Deatrice. Thank you so much for joining me on Say It Loud Podcast. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can learn more about the theater, where they can uh, send their grant money if they feel like they want to? Yes. You know, because, so, you know, we like that. Yes. So for Impact, if you go to www.impactrepTheater, theater spelled with an R E at the end.com. You can find all things Impact Repertory Theater. Um, if you go to www.harlemweek.com, you can find all things Deatrice with the Board of Directors of Harlem Week. You can go to www. 
Greater Harlem Chamber of Commerce.com and you'll find everything that the Chamber is doing all around, not just the Harlem here, but the Harlems of the world. You can go to CommunityWorks.com and find everything. You're quite popular. Community service. So you can go to the Harlem Bomb Shelter. That is our spoken word organization, also founded by an alumni of Impact Repertory Theater, Luther D. Isler, and New Heritage, www.newheritagetheater.org. You can find all of those things that I mentioned (laughs) on that website and our new baby, Harlem Heritage Now, where we celebrate everything Harlem from restaurants to fashion to community service organizations, and of course, our young people. I love it. I love it. I love it. I will get all of this information from Deatrice and have it on my website, on my Instagram, when this goes live, um, so that you can tap in and learn more about it and um, see a way that you can possibly give back to the community, donate, network, um, or any of that good movement that you feel in your stomach that tell you to do it. Um, thank you so much, Deirdre's, for, for spending this time me. with me. I, I already appreciate you. I'm going to call and use you. Harlem Week is coming this year. <laughs> anniversary. Okay. I know you can handle some panels for me and yes. stuff. I'm excited yes. about this relationship. I'll be there. You know I'll be there. Yes. Thank you so much. Dear Tris, for being a part of the Safe Loud family and for taking time to share your behind the music and behind the mic with us because it is important that we know what's going on. Uh, so this is the part of the show where I say, let me leave you with this. Um, you know, I have these conversations with the most amazing people. And as I have these conversations while I share all of this with you, it impacts my life too. And what I took most away as an artist, because I consider myself an artist, um, I love photography. I love media. I love mixed media. Um, it is not a crazy thing to see me walking around the book, the Brooklyn Museum of Art or MoMA. I know I like the back of my hand um, or to make media or to critique media or to have all these ideas with photos and sound and audio and all of these beautiful things. And what stood out to me today, especially as the English teacher that I am, was Deatrice's definition of who she was and as an artivist and that we could use our art to be activists especially when we are in times that are trying and we all have a voice and our voice doesn't always have to be in audio and auditory it could be in our paintings it could be in our music it can be in our film it, it could be in our mixed media it can be in our social media it can be in our clips we can tell stories in just that moment with just an image with just a sound and so all of us are a little bit activist and all of us are a little bit artivist and so as I leave you with this week with something I want you to remember that when you are posting on social media when you are watching a film when you are engaging in some music when you are doodling on a piece of paper 
and sharing your own story and your perceptions and your feelings and your emotions and how you choose to share those with the rest of the world, but use it as a way to be an artivist and do that. So to my artist, use your voice. And for those of you who are saying, well, I don't have a voice. That's not what I do. I'm not saying your vocal voice. I'm saying your soul voice. Use your voice. Make it count. Say something. Because the truth is that work is going to be our time capsule. And that is what we are going to leave for the next generation. And that is going to be the stories that we tell. So let me leave you with that. Make sure the story that you tell is the story that you write, not somebody else wrote for you. And make sure that it's a story that you're going to be pleased with. That is what I'm going to leave you with for this week. It's Karen L. Safe Live Podcast. I'm here every Friday. Make sure you check out the new episodes. Yes, I hope to be at Harlem Week. Duh, y'all could come out and see me there. Um, if you're looking for me, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that good stuff. I am Karen L. Or Say It Loud. Make sure you go cop some merch from the website. Support the brand. Support your girl and all the work that we're doing. Stay safe out there, y'all. Because, you know, it's tough out there. Live. From the Say It Loud radio show.